This is the K-pop cast, and in this episode, we're going to KCON. But this time, we're asking the question, do K-drama fans go to KCON? Hello, everybody. This is your PD Nim Michaela, and in this episode, you'll hear my online and in-person interviews from KCON LA 2023. And we're talking all things K-drama that we've seen at KCON LA so far and what we'd love to see more of in the future. But before we get into those topics, don't forget to join the K-pop cast listener fam on Slack. You can find links in the episode description. Uh, so first, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and what your role is at Vicky or, or Soupy? Sure. Hi, uh, my name is Karen Pack. I'm the VP of Marketing at Rakuten Vicky and Soupy. Okay, so we're, we're here today mostly covering all of the K-drama stuff that's here at KCON today and or this, this past weekend. So can you explain a bit about what specific events or production that Vicky and Rakuten has been involved with this weekend? Yeah, happy to. So we're super excited to be back at KCON. It's been about five years. The last time we were here was in 2018. And this year, we're definitely going bigger than ever. Uh, We are bringing a K-drama cafe to the fans here at KCON. And this idea was born out of actually a collaboration we did with Wong Fu Productions last year. Um, If you've never heard of them, um, they're actually a production studio that's been around for a long time. Um, They form... uh they produce a lot of short form uh, content that is through an Asian American lens. So last year we partnered with them to create some branded content and uh, one of the um, pieces of content that we had created with them was around a magical Vicky cafe that you could step into, step into the world of like a K-drama with second lead syndrome and we saw a lot of just like positive feedback from that and people asking when is that cafe going to pop up for real and so we decided to bring it at KCON. And um, we have um, just a lot of exciting activations happening around our booth. So we do have an actual cafe setup that we built. Uh, We've partnered with Wong Fu again uh, to be there, as well as Bopo Mofo, which is a local uh, bubble tea um, shop. They have two locations currently in the LA area. They have another one in San Diego, but um, they are doing bubble tea drops for our subscribers uh, twice a day for all three days while they're here. And so that's been a huge hit and a huge success. Um, We also have a photo booth that's happening with a we call it the blue screen because Vicky has an iconic blue color associated with our brand not a green screen Uh, but you can pick uh, just the background from one of your favorite dramas like True Beauty or Goblin or My Lovely Liar Uh, actually Goblin is technically the official name is Guardian the Great and Lonely God (laughs) it's a very long name yep Tokibi Um, and so you can pick from I think it's like one of like six um Uh, drama backdrops to just kind of insert yourself into. And so we've been seeing really fun, um, cute photos from, you know, people posing with their favorite actors in those dramas. Um, We've been doing a lot of good giveaways as well. We're also giving away mystery gifts to um, anyone who's just a registered user. So um, yeah, those are surprise gifts that we've given. And we're getting really positive uh, just reception from um, all of the audiences. I mean, the lines have been massive, but um, we're really happy to see that people are really excited about it. Um, 
Um, and um, yeah, the last thing I want to mention is um, we've had a couple of really great influencer um, and K-pop celebrity booth visits. We took over the KCON stage and did the Zero Base One dance with Phil Wang from Wong Fu leading it. And we saw a really great crowd. Um, so yeah, so just the energy here has been really great. Since we're recording this on Sunday, is there any specific uh, memorable moment or something that surprised you from the weekend so far? For you, for you personally. For me personally. I wouldn't say um, I'm that surprised per se because I always kind of knew um, the fandom around K-pop um, in general. Um, but I think the thing that um, has felt I guess made it a more pleasant experience outside of the chaos of trying to run an activation this big it has just been seeing um, one, I think just the diversity of the audience that's here. Um, yeah, just rich and just um, a lot of different uh, people who are coming um, across like age ranges, ethnicities, like people who are coming with, you know, their, I see moms and daughters here um, and they're all fans. And um, I think that's just been really exciting. And um, they're also really nice and great and appreciative um, when they come by. And so I think just seeing kind of like that camaraderie um, amongst K-pop fans and being able to see it in person um, has been just really uh, fulfilling um, and amazing. Yeah. So we know Vicky has been coming to this event from the very beginning. So it's been about almost 11 years now, I believe, since they, they came in 2012, back when KCOM first started. Um, when it comes to Vicky's approach to coming to a K-pop event specifically, do is there any specific goal or, or uh, approach that you guys have when it comes to building production and events here at the, the convention? Yeah, I think... Um, the reason why um, we felt like it made sense to really be at KCON is that this is the largest, I think, um, live in-person forum uh, for an audience of K-culture enthusiasts as a whole. And what we know is also that um, a lot of people are actually becoming interested in um, in just K-culture and K-entertainment as a whole through music, through K-pop, you know, whether they hear about BTS through their friends or on social media or just like mass media outlets, um, could be Blackpink, could be 50-50. Um, I think that's where kind of like that spark happens. And so we really see coming here as the um, ability to get our name out there, get the awareness out there about Vicky um, and have people just um, have that brand recognition and awareness that um, Vicky is like uh, a hub for Asian content um, across, uh, and we're actually not just um, Korean content and Korean dramas. Like uh, Vicky hosts one of the largest, robust catalogs of like Asian content as a whole. So you can get the new on-air Korean dramas, the back catalog of it, um, thousands of shows, Chinese content, Japanese content, Thai, different genres. It's not just romantic comedy. It's like thriller. It's drama. It's uh, boy love. So um, just really rich. And we know that um, there's a lot of different types of preferences. Um, and again, like I mentioned, like there's just a richness in the diversity of the audience here. So we want to be able to show and share with the fans that are coming through here, who I think are um, just pretty receptive and open to um, all of the different types of um, content that are coming out of Asia and just to like introduce ourselves to those people who don't know about us. Yeah. Yeah, and then so to build off of that, like you said, this is a very diverse uh, group of people that we have today. When it comes to, you know, K-pop and, and you know Korean drama, Asian drama fans specifically, from Vicky's perspective, do you see, have you seen a, a more of an intersection than before, or is there an intersection at all? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, there's always been an intersection um, simply because if you look at a lot of K-pop idols, um, they do crossover into acting as well. So I think that's a more natural crossover. So um, I don't know if you're seeing it more than um, we were seeing it before, like even a decade ago. But um, that naturally, you know, if people are fans of a particular um, K-pop idol that's in a particular drama, you know, you see a lot of people flooding to watch it. And a lot of these are really great shows. Uh, for example, right now on Vicky, um, we have My Lovely Liar, which has um, Hwang Minhyun in it um, as well. And so um, that's doing well. And I can't discount the fact that besides, um, it is a really great fun show, but that um, there is a popular <laughs> K-pop musician in it as well. Uh, so yeah, so I think there's definitely the crossover in that way. But um, again, like I mentioned before, I think it also is just um, K-pop being one channel or avenue to be exposed to just the world of K-entertainment and culture. I mean, you see at K-Con, um, it, it's also about like uh, lifestyle, beauty, beauty, K-beauty is huge. Um, and I think it just um, allows people to become more immersed just in the culture as a whole. Fashion um, is another area. Great, thank you. Um, let me see. I guess maybe then just to, to wrap up this this interview, uh, we, we you know we want to definitely learn more about like again more of the approach that vendors have when they come. Um, do you have any advice that you would give to people who are coming to K-pop for the first time as a vendor and you know trying to build their brand or, or, or interact with the audience? Yeah, I think um, one of the most important things is to really have a good eye on who the audience is in particular. So um, even if you're not specifically a Soompi or a Vicky or a, a K-pop, like a very closely aligned K-pop brand, I think it's really understanding like who is this target audience? What are they interested in? Why are they passionate about um, this music? And just um, understanding that um, there is a range of people who come through, but I think the one unifying thing about them is that um, they are open, right? Um, they are open to other cultures. They are embracing of other cultures and differences. And so I think um, having an understanding about the audience uh, first and foremost is like the most important thing when you come to an event like this and thinking about like what is going to be meaningful to them. Um, what is going to be attractive and enticing to them. Of course, free stuff works and that helps too. Uh, people love uh, the free swag that you can give away. But yeah, I think that's probably one of the most important things. Um, and then, you know, just um, knowing that um, this is a forum um, where um, you really have like a really huge opportunity to get in front of um, just this type of audience. And so, um, and K-pop fans also tend to be very active on social media, for example. And so um, from a marketing perspective, because I'm a marketing person, um, thinking about how do you tap into um, that ability to use KCON kind of as like um, a just as like a center point for being able to create viral moments on social media. So you want really want to have a presence, I think, um, that creates an experience that is shareable and memorable. Uh, so that's the advice I would give to vendors is just keep in mind, it's not just about the attendees on the convention floor, but how are you um, growing reach for your brand outside of the convention floor uh, by creating something that really um, is also social first. Right. Yeah. Very, very last question before we wrap up, because I know you, you got to get back to the day. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, boba drink from this weekend? Have you gotten a chance to try them? Or? 
Yeah. Um, so actually, uh, Bopo Mofo is amazing. They created a custom limited time uh, currently for KCON only. I don't know if they'll bring it back again. Um, a Vicky Blue drink. And so, um, and they are known for only natural um, drinks um, using only natural ingredients. So um, even the blue color is like a blue spirulina in it. Um, but um, yeah, that one, um, it has coconut milk in it. Um, it's got like a, a lychee and uh, juice and tea in it. Um, but that one um, is my favorite. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think people are just uh, intrigued by the blue color and they're uh, pretty impressed that it's all natural <laughs> ingredients. But yeah, uh, people have said it tastes delicious and they love it. Yeah, I tried it yesterday. I was surprised how blue it was. It was so good. Please come by and try one of the other flavors too. Yeah. Um, those are great as well. I also tried the matcha um, oat milk latte. That one is for like kind of the purest green tea um, boba fans. Um, that one was delicious too. Yeah. Uh, wrapping up, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know again about about Vicky or about uh, Sumpi or about anything else that's at the event today? Um, I mean, I would just say um, we are here uh, representing ourselves as Vicky. I think many people don't know that actually um, Sumpi is a part of Vicky. Um, and so um, we are trying to do more in terms of being able to um, bring our brands closer together. Um, Sumpi is an editorial platform. Um, it's one of the longest running um, K-pop and now K just in general K-entertainment news platforms. Um, the writing is agnostic, so we don't just write about Vicky content. Um, it's uh, really just trying to cover um, all of the interesting news that people want to hear about um, and just fun content that we could create there. Uh, but um, definitely, I know there's a lot of Soompi fans here, and there's probably a lot of strong recognition for Soompi. But um, yeah, if you want to check out or get recommendations for any dramas um, on Vicky, um, there's so much, so much good content, and there's a lot of recommendations on Soompi as well. So that's what I would want to say. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for talking Thank with me. You. you have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hi, Michaela. <laughs> Welcome. First off, just can you introduce yourself and kind of what the K3 is? Absolutely. Uh, I am Jenna from the K3. The K3 is essentially myself and Marisa. Uh, we originally started with three, uh, with Karen as well. And uh, we basically are just three women in Los Angeles who loved K-dramas and loved talking about them. And so we would get together and talk about them. And then we were like, we want to share our thoughts. And so we decided to start a YouTube channel and that was six years ago. And oh, so we wow. just, yeah. And we kind of started off just kind of talking about what we're liking and what we, what our favorites are. And then it kind of morphed into um, talking about what was currently airing. And so we were doing a live for that. That was a lot of fun. And then just between COVID and work and all that kind of stuff, we're kind of in a restructuring right now. And so it's mostly just reviews of stuff, you know, re recommendations and reviews. Oh, oh yeah, we know we know all about that over here. Oh, at the yeah. Oh my god, we've been we've been around for about like six, seven years too. So we oh, we've yeah. gone through a, a bunch of different iterations. I exactly, we're always pivoting. We're like, what yeah. should we do now? What what's working? What should what do people want to hear? Right. So yeah. Okay. So then you specifically, I'm very I'm very curious. I'm also I'm also a subscriber, so I'm just <gasps> curious about this. Thank personally. you so much, Michaela. What is your K drama origin story? Like, how did you get into K dramas? So 
My origin story is I was just hanging out watching a lot of Netflix. I think I was unemployed at the time and trying to, you know, the usual sitting around trying to figure out your life, watching a lot of Netflix and scanning and doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And I was watching a lot of foreign language stuff, a variety of foreign language stuff. And um, all of a sudden, Netflix, as it does, recommended a K-drama. I was like, I mean, why not? Why not? I'll give it a try. Right. And uh, it was Descendants of the Sun. <gasps> oh, yes. <laughs> right? Wait, so then was this around 2020 then when it came out or? No, uh, Descendants of the Sun was like 2016. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm not not oh, crash landing on you, Descendants of the Sun. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking oh, crash. Okay. My bad. My bad. Yes, no, okay, no, that's so okay. Then... Because I know that like Descendants of the Sun was a huge gateway for many, many of us here in the States. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. was crash landing on you in the middle of COVID. So mm-hmm. those are kind of two big gateways for uh, the States, if you had not already been into K-dramas for like a decade prior and like on that, you know, bootleg VHS track, which I was not, but I kind of wish I was because I feel like that is a super cool group to be a part of. Okay. So then, so you start with Descendants of the Sun back in 2016, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then where, where did you go from there? Like what, what kind of um, kept you through it? Was it just Descendants of the Sun? Was that good? <laughs> you know, what was fascinating about it, and it really is one of those, you know, you have like turning points in your life. And this, that makes sound, this sounds so dramatic and I apologize. But I watched Descendants of the Sun and I realized in that first opening scene where there was a bunch of like military things happening, mm-hmm. I knew absolutely nothing about Korea North Korea, South Korea, anything except oh, like MASH. Like that right. was my, that was oh, my gosh. grand knowledge of, which is embarrassing to admit, but you know. Yeah, no, I said, no, that's, I, that's all of us, like, yeah. especially us U.S. fans. Exactly. Like just dumb American times a bajillion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it triggered in me, but I suddenly was on Google and I was reading and I was, I just became kind of obsessed with learning and then I kind of fell down the language rabbit hole and I've been studying Korean for the last six years. So it's been a complete world altering experience, K-dramas for me. So right. I thank them very much. It's been amazing. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So then let's get into the K-con of it all. So can, uh, what K-cons have you attended so far? I have attended two of them and I was looking at your list and I was trying to figure out which two. And I think it was... 2018 and 2019. Oh, okay. So they were, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been to a KCON. The one, the first one that we went to was actually quite fun because we did a meetup with some of our, um, with some of our listeners. And so that was a lot of fun. And uh, there was a panel with a bunch of K-drama bloggers and um, I think just bloggers at the time because a lot of people were on YouTube or even doing podcasts. And it was uh, Jen from Drama Beans was there. Oh, And so yeah, we Drama met Beans. her and we met um, young Ajima. And so that was a really, that was a really enjoyable. And so we kind of enjoyed that. And uh, then the following year we went and it was suddenly, there was nothing K- K-drama related. Right. Like nothing. It went from very little, obviously, but just, just absolutely nothing the following year, which I think was 2019. Right. And and that's kind of something that we've gotten into recently, especially doing research, is that we've realized that, like, especially from, like, 2012 to 2016, there was 
a significant amount of K-drama like things, ad thing where you had you had panels, you had booths with like multiple like TVN, like Vicky, Coca-Cola, all the networks were there. And then you even, especially in 2015 and 2016, you had K-drama actors actually attending the show, like specifically in 2016 for me, because that was my first K-Con you know, there was Eamon Ho and Park Bo Gum as like the main MCs for day one and day two of the concert. And I believe what? that I, I believe Park Bo Gum had a, a meet and greet like event wow. actually at the convention. So and, and previously there have been a few other actors that have had um, like actual meet and greet at, at the convention. I believe it was like in 20, 2013. Yeah, no, like 20, 2015, like Kim Soo Hyun, Daniel Henney, uh, Song Ho Joon all had actual events at, at the KCON. Wow. So. What, do you know why they just completely dropped that? Was it just not, were people just not coming to it or was there, I'm very curious because I would think that people would enjoy that. Yeah, I think so far we're, we have yet to get official statements from actual <laughs> KCON people. Um, but so far, kind of like our impression is that especially as KCON has evolved and, you know, different people have had their different hands in it. Sort of like the people who are involved with that at the time are really what's driving the content there. Mm. And so as KCON, you know, kind of is figuring out its audience and figuring out like what people are there for and what they can they can bring people there for. They're they're throwing things, they're, they're throwing less at the wall. Like they gotcha. earlier KCONs, like there was like video game tournaments and like showcases or or what is it screenings for like mission impossible movies like oh. they they were doing a, a lot early on and now they're just kind of more focused on k-pop and knowing that through k-pop they can bring the audiences to these other you know more how how you content like k-dramas or k-beauty or k-food yeah interesting because I would think that like screenings, like if you did a screening of like the finale of Crash Landing on You at KCON, mm -hmm. like that'd be huge. And that's what they used to do. Drama Fever used to yeah. have screening rooms like at the convention <gasps> right. where people would watch, you know, maybe like the first episode of a show or maybe like the the premiere of a film that was just added to Drama Fever. Right. Like kind of like, have you ever been to Comic-Con down in San Diego? I, I haven't personally. Yeah. Like that's, Comic-Con is that, like, it's amazing. Like you watch a premiere of a show coming out that fall that everyone's been talking about. And it was mm. so fun. And then you'll, the, you know, I don't know if they could do that with, you know, KCON, but then like the actors would come out and talk about shooting it. And you were just like, you know, you could just nerd out like right. so heavily on the different genre shows that you really dug. And I just am really surprised that KCON hasn't either continued that which it sounds like they did that originally or like reintroduced it. Cause I think especially with how popular K dramas are now these mm -hmm. days, like I feel like that would be huge. Right. Right. Maybe? And so, so your experience personally, when it comes to KCON, you've mostly attended like panel events related to K drama. Uh, was there any other, you know, specific production or events that you can remember from those K cons that you attended that were K drama related other than those? Uh, K-drama related? No. Um, I did attend one from the a gentleman who is uh, the Talk to Me in Korean guy. And so that was really interesting. He did kind of a K-drama language thing, which I thought was interesting. And um, yeah, Maurice and I usually just go and check out all the beauty things because oh, okay. K-beauty is kind of cool. Right. And huge. 
Oh, right. I mean, who doesn't want their skin? Like, it's amazing. <laughs> that That's that's the reason I go every year, especially really? Saturday, Sunday, when they have, like, the half price, like, discounts on everything. Right. Like, everything's, like, 80% off or free. Buy one, get one. Like, that's why I go. All right. So then let's, let's bring it to the, the big question then. So do you think that KCON is an event for K-drama fans? I mean, I just personally don't, I don't think so. I mean, unless you're a K-pop fan, if you're just a straight up K-drama fan, it's just not, there's just nothing there. Unfortunately, it's just nothing. They're not catering to us at all. I mean, mm-hmm. Coco is there, which is lovely. And Vicky's there, which is lovely, but they're not, I don't really need to, I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I don't really need to go there and stand next to a stand-up of, you know, Puck June. you know, right. I, 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 I think as a K-drama fan, and maybe it's just my Comic-Con experience, I want to go and kind of either hear from the people who make K-dramas mm-hmm. about how, what it, you know, what it is, like the writing and the producing and the acting. Like I'm, you know, that's kind of what, that's who I am as a human being anyway. Like I like to create myself. So that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy learning about and hearing about and how that's all comes together. Right. I think that's why that so many of us enjoy watching the um, press conferences for all the K-dramas, right? Because you want to hear about, you know, the actors working together and, and, and how it got made and what they were excited about and what scenes that we should be, you know, and I all, think that's just all the chemistry on and off camera. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, how do people lose their minds over everybody being in a real relationship in real life? How do you get there without, right. you know, it's hilarious. I'm just like, whoa, people, it's called acting. But anyway, it's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Right. <laughs> They're like, did you see the way he held her hand? I'm like, He's supposed to. I don't know what to tell you. That's he's just a good actor. Mm-hmm. But okay. Well, I don't know. We still we still have questions about some of those scenes from Secretary Kim. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that there's not some that's happening. Because I mean, I'll be honest, I was the first one who was just like, guys are not dating. It's not happening. Like, I don't know whatever what you're talking about. And then also like, we're getting married. I'm like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I was way off base on that. Okay, all right. I stand corrected. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I mean, it's fun, right? Like, that's what we want to watch. We want to make, you know, you want to know that your favorite actor or actress isn't a complete, you know, you want to know that they're fun to work with and they're fun to be around. And they're, you know, at least for me, that's how I enjoy it. I enjoy kind of knowing that kind of background information about Mm -hmm. some shows that I watch. Other than that, those like those kinds of more more panel events. Is Mm -hmm. there any any other K-drama production or events that you would like to see at, at K-Cotton more? I mean, I guess it just gets complicated to some extent. I mean, I'd love to see screenings because I think you have enough. You know, you have Cocoa here. Right. You have, you know, um, CGV here, like, you mm-hmm. know, CG Entertainment. Like, they could bring things to a K-Con type situation and do a screening, right? I think you could do something fun like that. I think there's just ways that you could get the K-drama fan more involved, you know, because unfortunately, I think a lot of the K-pop bands that are coming, a lot of those, at least I've no, have noticed, like Rain was here this time, and but he was only there as a K- in, in K-pop capacity, right? right? He wasn't there as his actor persona at all. And so I was really, that was, that was interesting to me. Like, why did he not, you know, why could you not have brought him on to talk about one of the shows he had just done or if he has anything coming up or, you know, something that could, you know, lend itself to the K-drama fan who maybe enjoys him as an actor, you know? 
And so I just, I find that many of the, at least for me, and again, I'm way older than most K-pop fans, right? So, you know, I'm not going to really enjoy the K-pop idols, the younger ones that would be coming to K-Con that are also actors. I mean, there's very few that I'm, you know, but I also don't think that the K-pop bands that they bring have actors in them, do they? There have been a few. Uh, I mean, yeah. notably just recently, we had uh, ZB1 at KCON and uh, Jiwoong, who is a, a very popular uh, BL actor, is in that group. Oh, well, see, now that, like, like w- that would be a lo- that would be amazing to, like, listen to hear what he has to say, mm-hmm. right? And so I guess that would be another thing. Like, if you're going to bring the K-pop bands over with some actors in there, like, can they not do double duty? Right. To, you know... Yeah. Do you, do you ever think that we could get like a K drama con? Do you ever think? Do you ever <gasps> see that in the future? I would be. I would nerd out so bad. Um, I would like to say yes because I think it would be so much fun and it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I just. I think whoever does it, it would just. You'd have to. Start, I think you just have to smart start really small. I don't think you could do it K con level quite quite right out of the gate unless you had like a CGV champion it. And bring in like all their people, or like a like a Cocoa could definitely host something like that. I think if you got one of them as a, a sponsor anchor, you probably could do something a little bit bigger. I mean, I would love to see it. I just don't know financially if it would be viable. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Am I just am I just being as huge downer about no, this? No, no, no. <laughs> You're being honest. This is this is what we, this is why we brought you here. We want your perspective. We want yeah. you to be honest. Like I would love to see it. Like I would. Like I really have enjoyed Comic Con. I've enjoyed. That whole vibe of just being there. I mean, you've been to, you know, K, uh, KCON. Like, yeah. the K-pop fans love it because they're, you know, they're with their people. And everybody, like, knows these bands and they enjoy it and they have a great time. And you just kind of really just get in that vibe. And that's exactly what it's like at uh, Comic-Con. And I think a K-drama one would be the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so... I just don't know if the actors are not interested, if it just becomes more complicated because of the language you know, needs that you'd have to have a translator with all, most of them, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I honestly wouldn't, don't know the logistics that it would require, but I think it would be cool as hell. I wish someone would do it. All right. And my, my perspective, again, just as somebody who, who, who hasn't, who's never really like worked in television or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, it, it almost feels like, especially since we're in this new era of, Korean movies winning Oscars and Korean TV shows getting more uh, and winning Emmys like or Korean actors winning Emmys or or awards for their shows. It almost feels like the Korean actor space or at least the, the, the Korean television movie space feels like they there's more legitimacy going to these these again, more established uh, American like award shows and events that are about that. And KCON almost feels like a step down. Like, in, in, and that's just my perspective. Like, I feel like an an actor who's, again, more trying to to make it in the U.S. isn't going to go to KCON where it's just a bunch of K-drama fans. They're going to try to reach out to these spaces that are, that haven't been tapped or or new audiences that haven't ha- uh, had the experience with, with how you... I absolutely see that point for sure. I think that's that. I think that's probably the miss. I mean, who am I to judge? The biggest misstep. I mean, really. I mean, it, I don't know if that's the right question, the way to state it. But the, the KCON powers that be separating it to K-pop and getting rid of K-drama 
I think they missed an opportunity to kind of rise with that tide, right? Like as K-dramas were becoming, like starting this, I mean, they already had the Hallie, Hallie Wave with K-pop, right? And some actors for sure. Right. But like, I mean, right with between Parasite and then Squid Game, like it's now just become such a huge thing that I think if they would have stayed, if they would have kept them together, I think they could have maybe built something that was Comic-Con level of a cool thing for the actors to come and do. Mm-hmm. Right. But I do, I totally see it where I, where maybe a K-drama guy is like, or actor or actress is just going to be like, I'm not coming. I'm not doing that. That is just not going to, that is a different realm that I want to be in. Yeah. Cause we are, we already see that in, in terms of like how, how Korean actors and Korean idols are kind of seen, at least by the general public in Korea. Like there's always there's always scandal and controversy anytime there's a, an award show that has like both idols and actors and it, like it's perceived that the or the actors are treated way better than the idols in those scenarios. Oh, I mean, I've caught it a little bit, mm-hmm. but because I'm so kind of outside of the idol. Thing. And I just, I'm not, I'm not saying this because I'm not a fan. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I met most of the idol, the popular idol actors as actors and not as idols. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> why are they dancing? Like, I don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> like, and it just, it's so, um, so I, I get it, but I'm also fascinated by it, to be honest, because I'm like, if you can act, I don't understand like what the, the thing is, but mm-hmm. you know. But I do, I can kind of see that. Like if you're going after the idol actor fan base, you're not going to get the elite. And I, I hate saying it like that because they're all just actors at the end of the day. Right. Um, you're not going to get the, you know, higher paid actors to maybe come as well. Which is, a, I think, I think it's a missed opportunity because I think especially for, especially for the ones that, that are uh, fluent in English, mm-hmm. like the opportunity to expand their base I think it would be crazy cool if they would come and hang out and do a panel and talk about their work, right? right? Like, I think I think if you started there, it would be kind of a really cool thing. Okay, so, so wrapping up, Jen, so do you have... Uh, first, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on all socials? And then do you have anything that you want to promote for, you know, yourself or, or the K3? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, you can pretty much find us at the K3. Spell it out. T-H-E-K... I can't even spell it myself. <laughs> K-T-H-R-E-E. We're at YouTube. We are on Instagram. And we're at... We're, I will never not call it Twitter. We're at Twitter. Right. Yeah. It's di- it's dying a slow, horrible, painful death. But I'm still... I'm still... I'm going down with that ship. Mm, same. <laughs> um, so you can find us all there. And, uh, you know, we just kind of chat about that stuff. I'm also... We're kind of launching a, like, newsletter. Just kind of as a... Uh, just kind of a because I, I as a per, as a K drama fan, like you can't keep up with everything on the socials, right? So right. I try to like go around and grab all my favorite headlines and put them into one newsletter for you once a week. So keep an eye out for that if you are interested in just kind of getting a dose once or twice a week of just the uh, the highlights. Uh, we're doing that. I would just like to remind everyone <laughs> that unfortunately the only thing that we are able to talk about is on uh, Vicky and Cocoa because of the strike. Right. And so yes. don't forget about us. We will be back. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so subscribe, yes. everybody. Exactly. Notifications on. Follow us. Let us know. Because <laughs> we are still here. We just, there's just very little we can talk about. Right. 
And listeners, you can find me at Michaela J K Pop on Twitter, and you can find all of us at the K Pop Cast at the K Pop Cast on Twitter and all socials. Thank you so much to my guests for this episode, and I'll see you guys next year at KCon. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.